Good morning, Steve Dale's Pet World on WGN. Very serious and important topic this morning. After the shootings in Buffalo, New York, the mass shootings, and Evaldi, Texas, I thought to myself, I wonder if both of these shooters, both 18 years old, were involved with animal abuse in some way, shape, or form, because chances are they may have been, because that's what happens. Someone abuses animals, and that is a precursor to not necessarily a mass murder, but something bad happening. Well, Wayne Pacelli, who is the president of Animal Action Wellness, thought the same thing at around the same time I did, and now we're working together to try to make a difference. And one thing we want to do is uh, see something passed that was already the Animal Cruelty Enforcement Act, already in the works anyway. Now has got to be the time to do it. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning, Steve. And you're right. We had this legislation, the Animal Cruelty Enforcement Act, introduced in Congress to create an animal cruelty crime section at the U.S. Department of Justice so that we can have increased capacity to track animal cruelty and prosecute perpetrators of animal cruelty. And as you noted, uh, these mass shootings occur. The profiles of the individuals were predictable, deeply enmeshed in vicious and facts of got to include this national policy response. He derelict not to address the animal cruelty piece as an indicator or a red flag of a, of a mental health problem. Indeed. So let's back up a little bit. It is by law enforcement called The Link. I am sadly old enough to, to have been around when that term decades ago was thought about and then science said, okay, Phil Arkow and a group, then uh, an outreach group from the American Humane Association that supported it, I was on their board at the time, did research and, and they suggested that, yes, there is a link, that is the term law enforcement uses, between something that happens violently to animals, we call animal abuse, and then something happens violently to people is likely to follow. It can be domestic violence. It can be a a crime of any kind. It can be a crime associated with animals and humans like dogfighting. Or it can be a murder, including mass murders. This is a real thing, Wayne. It's not. And law enforcement greatly is taught this, correct? Taught this, uh, recognize it as a regular precursor to acts of violence, uh, you know, very massive or appalling acts of violence. You know, Steve, it makes sense, and I know your listeners will get this. Someone who is capable of shooting children in a school or shooting innocent people in a supermarket has lost empathy. They don't have the capacity to put themselves in the other's place. And what we see is that some of these these people have done terrible things to animals as kind of a testing ground or a proving ground. And then if that is not attended to, either with a mental health intervention or a penal system intervention, then it's just going to escalate. So, again, we ignore these warning signs at our peril. You know, I want to talk about the bill that, again, you had in the works anyway, that now we, we – listen – If these mass shootings hadn't happened, I would still say with absolute, absolute positivity, we need to pass this bill today. 
Now I say it even with more urgency if that is possible. Having said that, I think there's more we need to do. Uh, In each of these cases and in other cases, it seems to be a thing for younger people to post this violence to animals, animal abuse online. And one thing I think, Wayne, and I want to hear your response to this, that we need to do is to mandate that the platforms, at least those based in the United States that we have control over, are penalized if they hear about this, that they take whatever video or images immediately off, or if not, they are fined, and they report and mandated to report to federal authorities what went on their site previously and show that video or those images to the federal authorities. They would say, we are supposed to take this stuff down, we have that in our terms of use, and we do, And but they don't. They don't take it down, obviously, at least not fast enough. What do you think about this? Well, Steve, this is a very important point, and obviously a lot of the individuals who are involved in these mass shootings and these acts of animal cruelty are, are uh, teenage uh, males or young adult males, and you know, many of them are socially isolated. And where do where often do socially isolated people go? You know, to find a little community, and that's on social media. Social media has dealt with this. Facebook and and other platforms, uh, Instagram, certainly have content monitors. I mean, there's been a raging debate in our country about this, and many of these these companies have hired people to monitor this stuff. I mean. They're doing it because, you know, we've, we've had outbursts of violence and hate. There's been a, a, lot of, a lot of discussion about that. But to ignore the animal cruelty, which is the reddest of the red flags, uh, is, is really a preposterous notion in some way. So I don't think what you're proposing, Steve, is controversial. Uh, it's common sense. And I'm hoping that in the the wake of these tragedies, which, frankly, you know, we've heard a lot more. There have been a whole bunch of other shootings since Uvalde. Yeah. And we as a nation have to grapple with this. And I'm not proposing, and I know you're not proposing, that this is going to be the the fix-it solution for everything, but it's part of a matrix of responses that make good practical sense. And a young man or, or, or an older boy who is beheading cats or setting animals on fire, cannot be ignored. They're screaming out for attention, and we need to answer that call. And the other reason why we need to answer the call, which we'll talk about after we come back from the break, are the animals. So yes, we can and will save human beings by doing what you and I are speaking about, but we'll save animal lives as well. I want to talk about all of that and much more with Wayne Paselli of Animal Action Wellness when we come back. On WGN. Wayne Paselli is the president of Animal Wellness Action. He's here with me on WGN Radio. We're talking about what is called the link. That is how it is likely, really likely, that someone who commits violence to animals, animal abuse, is going to therefore follow up with violence to people in some way. And it can turn out to be a mass shooter. And that's exactly what happened in Avaldi, Texas. That's what happened in Buffalo. 
I don't know yet myself. I don't know if you know, Wayne, it's probably too early about the list. It's now a list of other shooters, Philadelphia, Chattanooga, other cities as well. I mean, it's gotten way out of control, but we know that there is a good chance. And you call it the reddest of red flags. I mean, that's really what this is, isn't it? It is, and it's also not new, Steve. You know, you have pointed out uh, in your columns and on the radio previously that this link between animal cruelty and human violence is well established. The FBI has had part of the profile of serial killers involved in animal cruelty from young a young age. You know, that's been decades in the works. There's abundant academic literature on this issue. And then we just have our practical understanding when we read in the news about the Uvalde shooter or the Buffalo shooter, that they did awful things to animals. So all of this just cements a long-established understanding that there is a correlation between violence. One day it's aimed at an animal, another day at a spouse, another day at innocent people in a supermarket or a school. And again, I feel like you and I are screaming from the rooftops on this to our policymakers in Washington, D.C., and in Springfield, and other capitals around the country, let's include this as part of our response, an intelligent, not overreaching policy response that recognizes that animal cruelty is a red flag indicator of an empathic disconnect. It doesn't always mean that someone who perpetrates an act of cruelty against an animal is going to turn their violent instincts to others, but it's quite likely, certainly to other animals, and maybe to people, and it warrants a precautionary response from the rest of our communities to protect themselves. It's a self-defense mechanism. Well, the good news is that there are already laws in, in nearly every city, every state, and federal laws against animal abuse. So that's the good news. The bad news is that law enforcement can't enforce what they don't know about, Law enforcement always doesn't put it at the top priority. Law enforcement will say we don't have the resources to follow up. And greatly, that is what the bill that you had in the works anyway addresses. Uh, Am I correct? Yes. Well, you're so right. I mean, I don't want to put this all at the feet of our law enforcement agents who are overstrapped, you know, with all of the statutes that they're enforcing, all of the problems and you know, but obviously violent crime should come at the top of the list in terms of priorities, right? I mean, you know, getting someone, you know, arresting someone for a little marijuana, you know, or or some other nonviolent crime should not be our priority when we've got violent crimes that are occurring in our society. Really? So well, I, you should try driving in Chicago and going three three miles an hour over the speed limit. And you have to deal with more than you do if you murder someone, I think. But that's a whole other story. I interrupted. Go ahead, Wayne. No, no, but I think you're, you're, you know, I don't, I think that all of us have responsibilities here, right? I mean, our judicial system doesn't rely just on police and prosecutors. It relies on citizen participation, right? We're witnesses at trials. We call in tips to the police or to a sheriff. We take video of crimes in progress. That is essential work in a civil society to see that the norms in our society are obeyed. So we all have to be alert to this problem of malicious animal cruelty. And I guess the point that you and I are making is we ignore this 
to the detriment of our own well-being, the safety of our families, of our members of our community. This could happen anywhere, right? I mean, Uvalde is the latest city that most of us had never heard of that is now in our consciousness. Buffalo, you know, was the one just a few days before that. And the Animal Cruelty Enforcement Act is a federal bill to create an animal cruelty crime section at the U.S. Department of Justice so we can have capacity. You noted we've got very good laws. All 50 states have felony-level penalties for malicious animal cruelty. There's a federal statute called the Preventing Animal Cruelty and Torture Act. There are local statutes. We have a network of enforcement agencies, but we've got to raise the awareness. And then we've got to give law enforcement capacity, have experts on the task, because, you know, there's a psychology here that's at work, and we need to kind of untangle it, and we also need to have eyes and ears. That's why you, you know, we started talking about some of the social media companies. They may be the first line of defense for us. When someone puts a, a cat's head in a bag and starts smiling about that in social media and talking about it proudly, uh, we've got a serious problem. And we allow that content to remain online at our peril. I agree. And what you just said literally did happen in, in one of these instances, actually. I also think that, well, two things. Uh, I want to talk about general awareness but I also want to talk about responsibility. I think that we could, it would be a great idea, Wayne. I love the idea. Anyone who saw any of those videos is penalized in some way if you don't report it. But that is totally unenforceable. Anyone who knows about anyone doing anything to animals that should not be done to animals must report it. But that is not enforceable. What might be enforceable, though, if I live in your household, particularly if I'm a minor, that the parents or adults in that household who are overseeing the household, not siblings necessarily, they, if they don't report it, they are in some way held responsible for what that minor who lives under their home did. And in one of these two cases, the adults, the parents in that household knew about the animal violence and didn't say a thing. You know, a parent who doesn't say a thing is not helping the child, right? I mean, you you turn someone in and you say, listen, the, my son committed an act of animal cruelty. One might think, well, that's an act of disloyalty. No, it's an act of loyalty uh, because that kid needs intervention. And the kid's going to be in a lot more trouble when they shoot 10 kids in a school. So... I think you're 100% right, Steve, that there are extra legislative dimensions to this. And relying on the family to also be a first line of defense is a must-have for us. And I'll also note that veterinarians should be reporting this. When they come across animals who are the victims of malicious cruelty, obviously it's not their job to go do a, a lengthy investigation, but if they're presented with information with a pretty clear correlation that someone has done something horrible to an animal, that veterinarian needs to report that to the police, and then the police need to act and then do the investigation. So I think we need multiple lines of defense. There's no easy answers here, but I can tell you what's not an answer, ignoring animal cruelty. 
Well put, well stated, as always. We're lucky if you happen to live in Illinois because we have two senators that are already on board, but they need to hear from you, Senator Dick Durbin and Senator Tammy Duckworth. Uh, For starters, your U.S. representative as well, reach out, say something. That is in of itself, I think, Wayne, doing something. So many people don't do that. So tell them that you want this to go through. This is... What? What do you call it? Well, contacting your lawmakers to advocate for legislation to recognize that animal cruelty issues need to be addressed. The Animal Cruelty Enforcement Act is the bill in Congress right now. It's ready for action. The House and the Senate should act on this legislation as part of their matrix. You know, sure, talk about guns. You know, there's a lot of division in our country about, you know, whether you... You restrict guns and age. There shouldn't be any dispute that we should recognize animal cruelty as a serious problem. Absolutely. Wayne, thank you so much. Always good to talk to you. Great to talk with you. I was talking to John Landerker about this last week, and we had so much fun discussing this. Now, imagine this. There's an earthquake or a tornado, and a building collapses on you. That's not a good way to start a segment, maybe, but it happens right around the world. And dogs come in to try to find people, and they are so incredibly efficient. But a researcher says, I've got something more efficient that can get in places where dogs can't get. And she has trained rats, so far seven, you heard me right, rats, domestic rats, to find people trapped under debris that rescue dogs simply can't reach. I mean, the dogs may be able to point and say, maybe, maybe, and say somebody is there if if they can get close enough. But the rats can get in there. And that's the other advantage, because these rats carry tiny backpacks with GPS, which will specifically locate the person in need of rescue. They can get to that person in the tiny backpack. They may carry snacks. I don't know how the rats won't eat that. Hopefully it's not cheese, because then the rats may eat it first. I don't know. And a microphone and a speaker so they can communicate with rescuers. So there you are, trapped way under a building. A rat comes in, and you hear a voice say, Is it you? Are you there? Can we rescue? And you think the rat is talking to you. But it's not the rat. It's the people on the other side that are watching the rats come in. They're called hero rats that are being trained to do this. I mean, they're amazingly smart. It took only, she says, she being the researcher, two weeks to get them up to speed with their backpacks that are made by a local seamstress. I mean, you can't get these backpacks at REI. I think this is a great idea. The rodents will get a chance to work in the field when they're sent first to Turkey, which of course is prone to earthquakes, to work with local search and rescue teams. No word if they'll be able to deliver other food in those tiny backpacks, like maybe a small, a very small pizza. I'm not sure a medium pizza would fit. Next week, bright and early on Steve Dale's Pet World, we talk about how you can go on a boat, one of the excursions that go, you know, on the the Chicago River, out onto Lake Michigan, with your dog. And apparently, or appropriately rather, The boat is called the Sea Dog. That's next week, bright and early, right here at 530, 720 WGN.